Good Tidings. Good Tidings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome to the Good Tidings radio broadcast. I am your radio pastor, Brother David Pinkerton, and I am glad that you've tuned in today. And I hope you're listening on 103.9 FM or over the internet at www.wxanradio.com. And you've clicked on the Listen Live, and you've tuned in. Let a friend know, okay? We're honored to be with you. Hey, uh, thanks for your patience. The last couple of weeks, um, we've played the interview we had with John. That was fun. Uh, but I've sure missed bringing you the Word of God. So open your Bibles today. Let's get right into it. I got something that I, that I want to share with you today that's been on my heart for quite a while. And it is a legitimate major concern uh, among ministers, among Christianity, in the world at large. And normally with us being right here in front of, you know, Palm Sunday and Holy Week, I would be preaching along that line. But the Spirit's got me going a different direction. So here we are right here at, um, let's see, let me get my dates correct, April the 1st. <laughs> happy, happy April the 1st. They call it April Fool's Day. Well, if you know Jesus is your Savior, you're certainly not an April fool, and you're not being fooled by God because you belong to Christ. You're on your way to heaven. But um, we're going to go a different direction today. So open your Bibles. Uh, let a friend know. I'm going to deal with a very controversial subject today. And uh, again, I don't back down from sharing and dealing with subjects that God deals with in the Bible that our culture deals with on a regular basis. Today, I want to deal with you what I would entitle The Dirty Little Secret. The title of today's message, The Dirty Little Secret. And we're going to go to James chapter number one, the New Testament book of James chapter number one. And I want to lead you to verse number 13. I'm going to deal with a controversial subject, but a subject that a lot, a lot, a lot of people have dealt with and will deal with in some form or fashion. I want to deal with you today, and it's going to be very uncomfortable for some of you that are listening. You may even be tempted to tune me out, but you're not tuning me out. You'll be tuning the Word of God and the Spirit out. So I want you to listen. Let's pray before we begin. Father in heaven, thank you for your Word. It's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It is the balm of Gilead that we all need. Please revive Pastor David, revive the people that are listening, revive this country. And Father, we pray now that those that are listening would be saved if they're lost, and the, the saved would be revived, and Christ would be honored, and you'll deal with us in this very, very difficult issue today. And may Jesus be glorified by it all and in it all. Thank you for WXAN Radio, Brother Danny and Leanne, Will, Melly, and the good staff here. We thank you for their friendship and getting to be on the team with them. And may we exalt Jesus Christ today for his glory and honor, and in his name we pray, amen. Now, I want you to uh, open your Bible to James chapter 1. I, deal, I want to deal with you on a subject entitled The Dirty Little Secret, and it's very uncomfortable. We're going to talk today about pornography and the sin of lust. Pornography and the sin of lust. It is uncomfortable to talk about. I can hear Christians say right now, don't talk on this subject, preacher. It's inappropriate. And I would say, oh, yeah, we must talk about it. And here's why. It's everywhere. The world talks about it and forces it in our faces. All human beings 
all adults, all people are somehow touched by it. It runs rampant in the ministry. It runs rampant in the church. And it's high time that Christians decide what they believe and take a stand on it. In James chapter 1, verses 13, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when the lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. So the Bible gives us here the biblical form of LSD. Lust, which leads to sin, which leads to death. So biblical LSD is lust, sin, and physical death. Now, it truly is every man's battle. It's part of a man's nature, our sin nature, that is. And we can say this, that as men, we're very visual creatures. And that's why it's important for men, and not only men, but women also, to guard the eye gate. Because the eyes are the pathway to our soul. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. I've heard people say, and I quote, but I don't use porn, and I'm sure my spouse and kids don't, unquote. Well, good then if that's how you feel, then you won't be bothered by what we're dealing with today. Folks, pornography is viewed by the vast majority of men in America and across the world, including many pastors and over two-thirds of Christian men. You say, but sir, since it's not you, then you don't have to listen. You, The point of it is this. If you haven't been touched by it, good for you. But your children may and your grandchildren may so you better listen. Pornography is viewed by one-third of all women in the United States. Some women would say, hey, it doesn't bother me, right? Well, think about this when you look around your church, if it's got any size to it at all. The men sitting in there and the women sitting in there, all of them, if not most of them, are touched by this and are dealing with this or have dealt with it in the past. I'm not speaking in a condescending fashion, not at all. I don't judge anybody. Jesus is the judge, but I'm saying it's rampant within the ministry. It's rampant within our churches, and we do need to talk about this. And like all sexual sins, there's a great temptation to say that since everybody's doing it, then it must be okay. But folks, I want to remind you that Jesus died for my sins and your sins. It was sin that put him on the cross, humanity's sin. But sin is not okay. It always destroys. Pornography is now a $17 billion a year industry in the United States alone. This amount is much larger than Apple and more than General Motors and Ford combined. It's more than Hollywood's domestic box office receipts and larger than all the revenues generated by rock, rock and roll, and country music recordings. Americans now spend more money at strip clubs than at Broadway shows, off-Broadway shows, 
at the opera, the ballet, and jazz and classical music performances combined. It is today one of the top-grossing industries in the United States. It's pornography. Yes, we do need family-safe media. Think about this. Actually, those statistics came from family-safe media also. Most of the profits being generated by pornography today are being earned by businesses not traditionally associated with the sex industry. It's been done by mom-and-pop video stores, by cable companies like Time Warner, Spectrum, Cox, AT&T, by hotel chains, chains which now earn millions of dollars each year by supplying adult films to their guests. The United States is now by far the world's leading producer of porn, turning out hardcore videos at the astonishing rate of about 150 new titles a week. Now, folks, that's 90% of the global market. Each year, Americans spend more than $128 million dollars ordering adult movies on pay-per-view. But the Internet concentration dwarfs all of this, with the amounts of dollars spent over the Internet in the billions. There are now more outlets for hardcore pornography in the United States than McDonald's restaurants. The introduction of pornography to the Internet has made phones and home computers the fastest-growing and primary mode of distribution of illegal pornography. Get this. 25% of all engine search requests are for porn of some level. 25% of porn websites use popular names in their title bars, such as Barbie, Disney, Xbox, toys, games, so as to attract the right crowd to come to their sites. To look at porn, folks, is to commit adultery. And according to Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 27 and 28, he said, Ye have heard that it is said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her in his heart. Let's not forget the video, or let's not forget, rather, the many women, and nowadays children, because of sex trafficking. Let's not forget the children and the women who are also victims of pornography, both those who are sucked into exposing themselves for pay and those who do it for free. And as I mentioned, sex trafficking is a sinful plague upon the United States of America. And it is reasonably discussed that elected officials of all heights and levels across the United States and in Washington, D.C., are involved with sex trafficking to some degree. Now think about this. Just look at the definition of pornography. It's simply this, body exposure, which leads to sexual arousal, end of quote. You see, it's time for Christians to stop trying to fit into every style in the world and to realize we ought to obey God rather than men. And the Bible teaches that we, even as men, the women get, women get beat up on this, I believe, from the pulpit 
and it's a shame. But I believe the Bible teaches that modesty for men and women and for their innocence and save that unveiling for the wedding night is still biblically sound between a husband and a wife. It's time for Christians to realize, men and women, that you don't need to show it off, but rather to be godly. Think about this. I've still got, and I'm not going to use it for the sake of time, but folks, I have 10 more pages of startling stats and quotes from Christians who, with candid language and sordid details, I'm not going to use it in this sermon, but it's amazing what's out there about pornography. I've heard people say, and I quote, but I don't use porn, and I'm not sure my spouse and kids don't, end of quote. Well, given the statistics that I've just shared with you, my friend, do you still feel that way? It's true. They'll probably deny it. And so guess what? That means they'll have no problem with the new accountability and protection rules I think that a Christian should implement in their life, in their marriage, and in their child rearing, in their churches, and over any type of Internet accessibility within a business, a church, a home. There's a great intruder, the devil is. He's the prince and the power, folks, of the airways. And that includes the internet. And that cell phone, that smartphone that so many of us have, and I have one, can be and is being used as a tool of the devil to inflict pornography into the minds of vast majorities of people, particularly ministers and Christians alike. Now let's talk about this. Number one, what is pornography. Well, pornography is a perversion that attacks everything God cherishes most. Man is made in God's image. Therefore, the theological foundation against pornography begins with the premise that every human life has dignity and is sacred. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. In Job chapter 31 and verse 1, Job said, I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I look upon a maid? In Psalm 101, verse 3, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. Secondly, consider this. Pornography is an enemy which destroys the innocence of children. It has been estimated that approximately one in three girls and one in seven boys will be sexually molested before the age of 18. The relationship of pornography to child sexual abuse and child trafficking is compelling. 77% of those who molested boys and 87% of those who molested girls said they were regular users of hardcore pornography. Now, that's what you call taking advantage of the innocent. Folks, get your head out of the sand. Start researching this. Sex trafficking is going on in the United States of America at political levels. Names of past presidents, possible Supreme Court justices, many others in compelling elected official offices have been pointed out toward as people that have allowed many celebrities of Hollywood 
Jeffrey Epstein, who had his Epstein Island, if you will, was reported, according to flight logs from flights going to and fro that record the people going to and fro over the years, is a vast treasure trove, a list of celebrities and high-ranking politicians, past and present, who went to his island. Even the British royals are named in this as being involved in sex trafficking and having sex with underage minors, boys and girls. UNICEF reports that over one million children each year are forced into prostitution and the use of making pornography. That's why we call child trafficking. Mark chapter 9 and verse 42. Listen to what Jesus said. Think about the, you want, if you ever wondered, are there levels of torment and damnation in hell? I think there is, yes. Listen to Mark chapter 9 and verse 42. And whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it is better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he were cast into the sea. Thirdly, pornography is a lie. Pornography says the best sex is outside of marriage. Pornography promises what it cannot deliver. In Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 17, it tells us that stolen waters are sweet. However, Proverbs 14:22 tells us there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Rather, it leads to extreme guilt and emptiness and destroys people in its path. So we've looked at a few thoughts here this morning under the number one of our outline, what is pornography? We've looked at A, B, and C. Now let's consider number two in this outline about pornography. Who are the victims? Well, those who are addicted to pornography are victims. Think about this as from a male perspective. There is such a thing as the pleasure of sin for a season. Hebrews 11.25 says that. However, according to James chapter 1, verses 13 through 15, our text verses, lustful sin brings forth death, death to our self-esteem, to our meaningful relationships, to moral absolutes, and all too often literal death to the innocent as well as to the guilty. The Bible teaches that there are generational consequences to sin, including your children and your grandchildren. Now, in an odd twist, exposure to pornography leads to a lower net return each time it is viewed, which is to say that the more pornography that a person sees, the more explicit the images must be in order to excite that level of interest again. Think about this for the alcoholic. It takes more and more alcohol to get that person to the level of drunkenness than it did when they started. That's the way this body is made, folks. It's absolutely an incredible, incredible uh, creation by God. But it takes more and more. You see the eyes leer at images with unblinking faces, glaring at women who make no demands upon the man, who never speak back who can never say no, and there is no exchange of respect, no exchange of love, and nothing more than the using or the objectifying 
of women as animal-like sex objects for that man's individual and inverted sexual pleasures. What about females when it comes to pornography? Are they victims too? Many women who look at porn are lesbians and bisexuals, which fits with the fact that porn is another perversion of God's beautiful gift. Shockingly, some females who look at porn do it for ideas of what men want and how to compete with the men in their life or the man in their life. Well, folks, this dark path damages their soul. And if it leads to a man, he's most certainly not a good man. I'll guarantee you that. So those who have been addicted to porn are victims. Consider this. Those who have been harmed are victims. One woman's story, she said, and I quote, I'm going to read this to you. My husband began using porn as a teenager. What was once an adolescent hobby became the other woman in our marriage. At first, it was our intimacy that suffered. Then his pastime grew into an addiction, which then started to include more serious forms of adultery. He was going to strip bars and sleeping with prostitutes. He was often late with poor excuses. I noticed our money disappearing and never suspected he was spending nearly $500 a week to feed his addiction to pornography. Me? I felt responsible, ugly, ashamed, alone and hopeless. Why would he look at another woman unless I wasn't pretty or sexy enough? Friends rejected my idea that his porn use was ruining our relationship. They told me to be sexier more sexually responsive and available so that he wouldn't look elsewhere. I tried all these things only to find they didn't work. I ended up feeling like a failure as a wife and a lover. Now I know it wasn't me. When we got help, I found out his pornography use began before our marriage, as far back as his youth. Not only was it not my fault, it had nothing to do with me at all. After much counseling... We both understood and understand that he entered into our marriage thinking I would cure all his sex problems. No wonder he was so disappointed and angry. We're still together. We are living proof that a pornography or sexual addiction does not have to mean the end of your relationship. End of quote. And we know that all things are possible with Jesus Christ. He's in the reconciling, the redemption, the restoration, the revival business. Amen. Families, wives, and children are directly affected. Women who've been raped and sexually abused are impacted forever. Babies are born with sexually transmitted diseases. Young people are scarred for life. Marriages are broken beyond repair. The dignity of women and men is degraded as they are objectified as mere pets or bunnies. Teens are warped into never knowing what real love is and never experiencing true intimacy without emptiness. Thirdly, as we're dealing with pornography today and the sin of lust, James chapter 1, verses 13 and 15, what action can we as believers, born-again Christians, take to turn the tide of pornography in our country? Well, the First Amendment, I must hurry, refers to freedom of speech not freedom of speech for obscenity, pornography, or indecency. 
You can apply the same to consumer fraud, conspiracy, libel, slander, or false shouting fire in a crowded theater. None of these things are protected by the First Amendment. In 1973, the United States Supreme Court ruled in Miller v. California that this much has been categorically settled by the court that obscene material is unprotected by the First Amendment. That's the same court that voted in favor of Roe. We should speak out at every opportunity against pornography. There must not be many speaking out nowadays. How often is it preached from behind the pulpit? It's the dirty little secret, as today's message is entitled, the dirty little secret. Folks, we are to stand by taking our knees. We are to stand on our knees, rather. Since this is a spiritual battle, the war must be waged through prayer first and foremost. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. So we are to take a stand on our knees against pornography. The parable of the Good Samaritan provides our marching orders. We need to be the ones who minister the healing balm in the lives of pornography victims. Luke chapter 10, verses 27 through 37. It's not for us to judge. Many have come to me in my ministry over the years and ask, can you help me with this sin? And they're afraid of that I may think something less of them if they do. I would never do that, nor would Jesus. Folks, they found out that they're pleasantly surprised to find an understanding pastor and a helpful pastor. You see, I'm a minister of the grace of God, a preacher of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, of his death, burial, and resurrection. And salvation is only through Jesus. He died vicariously on the cross to pay for the sin of pornography and all the sins of the world that you've ever committed or will ever commit for every sinner in the world. And we're sinners. We owe a wage, and that wage is death. It's a penalty. And the only thing that we have to pay for that penalty is to go to hell and stay forever. But God so loved us that he sent Jesus, his son, to die on the cross, born of the Virgin Mary, to take our sins upon his body on the tree, to shed his blood in our place, to be buried and resurrected the third day. And we as sinners, by grace, have forgiveness through faith in Jesus as our personal Savior. Will you trust him today to be your Savior? If you will, follow me in this prayer from your heart and the sincerity of your heart. Jesus, please forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I'm trusting you and you alone to be my personal Savior and take me to heaven. Now, friend, if you've trusted Christ as your Savior and followed me in that prayer, I want to hear from you. I have information that I'll send you free. Email me, drdave13 at gmail.com, drdave13 at gmail.com, and I'll send send it to you, Steps in a New Direction. It'll help you in your faith and your walk with the Lord. Now, folks, as Christians, we must be the salt and the light of our culture. Matthew 5, verses 13 through 14. And here's what we need, and I'm going to close out this message because time's escaping me. We need, as pastors, as preachers, as husbands, as wives, as children, as uh, parishioners in churches, we need accountability. And to make sure the problem doesn't exist in our own household. 
Folks, you need to know what your children are watching on the computer, on the smartphones. You need to be involved in their lives. The Internet has brought an interstate highway of pornography into every community with exit ramps at every phone, device, or personal computer, including those at school or, God forbid, in their own bedroom of children. You need to know device passwords, how to check on where a device has been taken on the net. What's more, you need an Internet filter for children and yourself as well. And so much that you can do. It's you got to be careful because you can stumble unintentionally upon this trash on the Internet. I understand that. And the same goes for the television and magazines. Accountability is the key. It's not just about whether you need help in this area. It's about being above reproach in a world in which the stats do not lie. What about trust? Folks, we have to trust God to help us with this. He's, it's a sin. Pornography and the lust of the sin of lust is a sin. And the, the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to cleanse us, to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But we all know how the devil works. That's why we all, including Pastor David, need accountability. Folks, no, you cannot have a private, unprotected computer in your room is what you need to tell children. And yes, you have to be off your computer by 9 p.m. That's a good rule. And if you're going to stay up till 2 a.m., it won't be with television or Internet privileges. Have accountability. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Good Tidings radio broadcast here on WXAN Radio. I am your radio pastor, Dr. David Pinkerton. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful Palm Sunday and Holy Week leading up to the resurrection. Thanks for listening. So fear not.